sure I meant no offence to her virtue. A blanket may have warmed me often enough, but surely the intended charity washed the wool clean of my touch, sinful mortal that I am. God knows when a man's heart is pure, Thomas replied, as he noticed the physician's reddened face. His acquaintance with this Master Gamel had been short, but he had no cause to conclude he was anything except the worthy man his reputation suggested. Without doubt he was a physician who took his oath seriously. Why else would he have left his warm hearth in London at Sir Hugh's request and journeyed to this storm-blasted, decidedly eerie castle in the midst of the winter season? And despite the significant amount of time the man spent riding at Sister Anne's side, the monk did believe that Gamel's offer of a blanket was rooted in nothing more than charity. Had she not been a nun— some might have concluded that the pair had found a delight in each other that exceeded the pleasure of a travelling companionship. Yet Thomas had no doubts about Sister Anne's virtue or her good understanding of a man's ways. The woman might be vowed to God, but she'd also been a wife, mother, and a well-regarded apothecary before she left the secular world in her third decade to heal the sick in God's name. She was quite capable of dealing firmly with Master Gamel if he had done or said anything against propriety. And if the physician's conduct went beyond her ability to correct, she would have told both Thomas and Prioress Eleanor. She had not done so. He himself had ridden close to the pair for most of the journey and noted only the routine of innocent conversation. Although appearances could belie the truth, the monk thought all had been seemly between nun and physician— Gamel twisted around in his saddle to look at the nun. "'My fears for her health grow, brother!' A wind surge struck them with force. The horses whinnied nervously. The whites of their eyes showed fear. "'This weather will surely kill the good woman!' Extending his hand in supplication, Gamel shouted. "'Would she accept something from you that she dare not from me?' "'I shall speak with her,' the monk replied. With some effort he urged his horse away from the warming flank of the physician's mount. As he approached the nun, Sister Anne raised her head with evident reluctance. Her eyes narrowed in the icy air. "'Have we caused some difficulty?' "'If my hands and feet have grown numb, yours must have too.' "'And Master Gamel cannot understand why I rejected his offer to wrap me in a blanket.' Her mouth was hidden, but small wrinkles at the corners of her eyes deepened with gentle amusement. Thomas chuckled. Since I would have welcomed it, I wonder myself. Another malevolent burst of wind slashed at them, forcing the pair to turn their backs against it and curl inward to conserve body heat. My mother bore me during a North Sea gale, brother, the nun shouted. This woman's skin has been hardened by long exposure to these storms. "'You and Master Gamella London men and own far more tender flesh.' She straightened and urged her reluctant mount to turn around. Teeth gritted, Thomas tried to grin. "'How many years must I reside on the East Anglian coast before my soft youth be forgotten?' "'Never, I fear.' Her kind eyes softened the retort. He nodded. "'Master Gamel has cause for concern.' Your face is very white and you've taught me. She touched her cheek. I can feel my fingers. Suddenly she pointed to the thick mist. Is Sir Hugh returning? 
At the front of the company, a tall rider drew up next to a tiny figure. Thomas strained to see. He is speaking with Priorus Eleanor. The knight raised his hand and gestured for the travellers to follow him. We shall have the relief of hearthfires before long, Anne said, then directed her horse toward the waiting Master Gamel. Struck with vague apprehension, Thomas hesitated and patted his mare's neck as he watched the nun and physician ride off together. His mount sensed the journey's end had finally come and snorted, indicating impatience with this unwarranted lingering. Thomas smiled. Did I not promise you a warm stall and a good meal to follow? he whispered. When her ears flicked, he signified agreement with her desire and let her join the other horses on the road to comfort. The party moved slowly, no more than two abreast. The path to the castle gate was narrow, just wide enough in places for one...